0: with the readings from this weekend I just had this image of you know Jesus comes to earth and everybody is imprisoned by sin and death and he sets free all of these captives he says I will pay you are forgiven you are set free and then he turns and looks again and all of these people that he had just set free are working to imprison each other and build their own little prisons this is this is what unforgiveness is so there's this first servant who is repulsive to us because he uses this enormous gift that is given to him by his master for his own self-gain. He uses his new freedom to take away the freedom of the second servant. And when we refuse forgiveness to somebody, in small things or in very great things, we are this first servant. So Jesus speaking to us today, he isn't simply saying, Um, don't be like him in the future, but he's saying, right now, you have already imprisoned others. We have jailed people in our hearts. And so we say to them, until you pay me back, when we do not forgive, we say, until you pay me back, you will remain behind bars. We end up the jailers of our hearts, and the unforgiveness that we hold turns our hearts into prisons, and we become this hardened guard who's always suspicious, who looks at the people in the cells and reminds himself, do not listen to them, they're trying to trick you, they're always trying to escape, but they belong behind bars. How many cells are in your heart? How many people are in prison there? Who are these people? Do you, somebody mentioned this to me at the end of the last Mass, and I, I think it's true. Is there a special cell in the prison of your heart where you keep yourself imprisoned for what you have done? It's obvious to us in the story that the first servant is supposed to use the freedom he's been given to give freedom to the second servant and just just forgive him. But to do that, this first servant has to be changed by the gift that he has been given, but he isn't changed. He refuses to be changed by it. He resists the forgiveness that he has given. Why would he do that? Because, we know, forgiveness is humiliating sometimes. It's painful. It's not a pleasant experience to, to ask for forgiveness and to receive it. So I think he approaches it in this way. Forgiveness is foolishness, and it is a danger to me. And I will use it as a tool when I have to to escape, to get what I need, and then I will close it up so that it doesn't have any more to do anything else in me. He gets what he needs to go back to his old life. And then he closes and locks his heart against this gift of forgiveness that he has been given for the story to change, for the ending to be any different than what it is. And the one who is forgiven has to change. His heart must change. His heart in the end has to look more like the heart of the king. To receive forgiveness hurts because it's uncomfortable to rely on another and to be indebted and at the mercy of another. But this is who we are to God. God. We are totally reliant on his mercy. We are indebted to him and at his mercy. But it hurts because what he gives us directly attacks and assaults our pride. It hurts because forgiveness changes us. But forgiveness is not the danger. Forgiveness is not actually the cause of pain. Pride is the problem. Pride is the danger and it's trying to kill and destroy all of us. And so when forgiveness is given, it hurts, because pride is under attack. But forgiveness is not the danger, pride is. When pride is overcome, when our hearts are changed by forgiveness, then it doesn't hurt anymore. It's not something to resist or fight anymore. As it turns out, forgiveness is not like this, this, this pricking and painful thing. Forgiveness is like water that we drink every day. It's needed for life. It's the nourishment of love. So do you see forgiveness, honestly, as foolishness, as a danger to you, as something to avoid if you can? Or do you see it as medicine in life? When the king offers you forgiveness, do you resist its effects in you? Do you avoid needing it from the king? We have to clarify what we mean by forgiveness because very often we mistake what Jesus demands and requires of us. Forgiveness is not to make excuses for someone. Forgiveness is not to, to to avoid any consequences for somebody who has done wrong. Forgiveness is not a feeling warm toward another person that has wronged you. Forgiveness does not mean that you trust that person again in the same way. Forgiveness is not pretending like it doesn't matter. And forgiveness does not mean that we forget what has happened. Instead, forgiveness first is counting the cost of the wrong. First we say, because you have wronged me, because you've hurt me, you do owe me a certain amount. So first we count the cost and we take it very seriously. And then the forgiveness is the decision to set the debtor free. To say, you do not have to pay me what you owe. And then it comes to fruition in this. Forgiveness is allowing the flood of divine love and mercy to open the locked prisons of our hearts. I hope you can see that forgiveness is not something to be avoided, but quickly unleashed something to be asked for and given freely. We spend a lot of time, because we're uncomfortable with forgiveness, we spend a lot of time trying not to have to ask for forgiveness. We control our behavior, we control our words, we tread lightly with people so that we don't owe them, so that we don't have to be in that place where we have to ask for their forgiveness and then give it to me. Or we minimize relationships and we put up big walls so that nobody can hurt me and then I don't have to forgive them. So we spend a lot of time on this, but but our hearts remain unchanged if that's what we're doing. Instead, I think we'd make a lot more progress and move a lot more quickly down the way of love and transformation if we spent less time trying to avoid needing forgiveness or or the need to give forgiveness, and instead just focused our energy on quickly asking for it and quickly offering it. It means that we will maybe hurt each other more often. But forgiveness is the cure for this. Do you see this difference? The difference between spending a lot of time and energy on avoiding any kind of need, any kind of debt like that, versus unleashing this flood of mercy and forgiveness quickly, simply, to overcome the problems in our relationships. I hope that you can see that forgiveness is a wonderful and divine kind of love. It's love for the other person especially because it costs us. Sometimes it costs us greatly because they have taken something from us. They do owe us, and we say, you don't have to pay it back. That means that, means that, that really we won't get it back. We've given something up. There's no, uh, there's no good feelings that come from forgiveness. That's not really what we're looking for. In fact, very often, it doesn't feel good to forgive. Sometimes it feels like dying. Okay. <clears throat> forgiveness is about the good of the other, and it doesn't include any benefit to ourselves. That's why it's such a deep and wonderful kind of love, because there's nobody to say, hey, you did a great job. There's nobody to say thank you. There's nobody to pat you on the back. Your name will never be in the bulletin because this person finally forgave that other person, you know? Like, there, there's, there's no reward, except that we belong more to Jesus when we forgive. So I want you to know this, that brothers and sisters, you will not be the fool when the prison of your heart is emptied and shut down. We have to allow God's mercy and forgiveness to transform us. His mercy becomes not something painful to endure, but daily nourishment. So the question for all of us today is, will I resist, or will I be changed? The change that the Lord wants to work happens in these three stages. he moves us, he changes us from being the jailers of our own miserable, wretched little kingdom to becoming servants of the king. And then the, the, the transformation that he wants to work in us as our hearts look more like his, he wants to move us from being servants of the king to the sons and daughters of the king of love.